everybody, and welcome in to our episode zero, our very first episode of the Big Gay Book Club. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your other host, Chris. Welcome in. This is going to be a sort of introductory episode where we talk about ourselves, who we are, and what this podcast is going to entail in future episodes. Precisely. So, who are we, Chris? <laughs> well, we are two very good friends who actually met via the online video game craft. Honestly, whatever you can think of, streaming service Twitch. Uh-huh. Uh, you were a video game streamer. I was a video game streamer at the time we met and we met kind of by happenstance, right? Yeah. I was, I was hanging out in a stream and, um, we got raided into your stream, which is essentially like when you take, uh, one streamer's viewership and then bring it over to, uh, a new URL, someone else's stream and uh, we all chilled and hung out. And I knew after like five minutes, I was like, oh, no, I've got a friend crush on the streamer. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to be friends. And uh, and that's that's what happens. And it's kind of the, the world is so small and crazy because the person who raided me also turned out to become a really good friend. And they only lived 30 minutes away from me and my partner. That's so Where wild. we lived at the time. <laughs> So we actually got to meet and hang out with that person like multiple times before we moved away. I still love that you had those opportunities. I know. It's like I've made so many friends via Twitch. And while I don't stream anymore, Mm -hmm. like the connections I made and the friendships I made are going to last my entire lifetime, which is why I don't regret doing it at all. Or, I mean, look back and be like... Was that a waste of time? No, it wasn't because of the awesomeness that came from it. Agreed. And you still stream, right? I do still stream uh, right now twice a week, streaming uh, video games, music. I've been streaming myself building a Lego set. It's just a bunch of a variety of things. And one of my favorite things you do stream are your music streams because of that was one of the things I didn't know about you when we first met was that you were also pretty musically inclined yeah and one of the first times not one of the first times the first time we met you actually gave me (laughs) a little concert in a park and it was pretty awesome (laughs) I did it was I was very nervous but it was uh you picked a very gorgeous site for it and it was just really nice to to be able to share that part of myself with you uh but yeah I the rest is history I think yesterday it's this kind of tells you how long we've been friends. It was my fifty second sub anniversary on your Twitch channel, which I means know. we've known each other for just over fifty two months, which you pointed out was just under four and a half years. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Time flies pretty quickly. Yeah, because I was still in grad school when we met. I remember sitting mm-hmm. at my desk in grad school, working on my work with you on in the background. Uh, which means I hadn't graduated from grad school yet, which means I hadn't moved to Seattle or to where I am now. It's just like so many life things have happened since we met. It kind of puts things into perspective. It does, doesn't it? And I feel like through it all, we still have so many of the same commonalities. You know, we're both Mm -hmm. two big nerds. Um, We both really love reading. We're both queer. And I think uh, the fact that we've been able to bond not only over those things, but also share those things with our friends and our community. It's pretty awesome. And I, and that's what we're trying to do here too. Exactly. And the podcast started as my idea. And I think I actually floated it to you last summer, right? You did. You were like, Hey, what do you think of starting a podcast? And it would be uh, us reading books, a way to like just read books more consistently. And um, I don't know, what, what, how does that sound? And it's like, that sounds really cool. <laughs> and then it just took us a year to get to it, I guess. Well, that's the thing, though, about life, right? I am a high school teacher by day, which means I do have summers off, but they're also kind of busy as an adult, you know? Yeah, 
and I finally put put feet to the pavement, as it were, and got going on being more proactive about planning this because it was something I really wanted to do. I always like having that creative outlet. Mm-hmm. It's no longer Twitch because that just didn't really jive with my current profession that mm-hmm. I plan on doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. So this felt like a more, I don't know, more, I don't want to say acceptable because I think teachers who stream are perfectly acceptable. I just didn't think it fit with me, but it felt mm-hmm. more cozy within my own personal confines and comforts. Oh, totally understandable. I think there is something really cozy and intimate when it comes to podcasts. Um, maybe it's just the fact that you're just listening to somebody's voice, or maybe it's the subject matter, or maybe it's just the fact that like it's purely a discussion without you know interruptions from a game or from random alert sounds happening. I don't know. I I, I see what you mean though. Very cozy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we get to talk about whatever the heck we want to. We do. And this podcast is going to be us reading queer literature, a book a month. Well, we're probably going to read more than a book a month, but we'll be releasing our episodes once a month starting in August of this year. Yep. And I'm just really excited for people to start hearing our discussions about the books we read because as we're recording this episode zero spoiler alert we're actually have already recorded two episodes we're pretty darn proud of oh totally and we're uh we're working through our third book yes i'm reading it right now let's not spoil what it is though no no spoilers so that's one of the the core tenets of our podcast is the first part of the podcast is going to be a no spoiler portion so we're going to be saying what we're reading but we're not going to actually be talking about anything spoilery until the second half of our review so for those of you who haven't yet read the book don't worry you can hear our general thoughts about uh the book and the story without worrying about having any of the content spoiled for you. And then we will have a very clear, uh, Hey, now this is when we're going to enter the spoiler territory. And that's when, if you haven't read the book yet and don't want to be spoiled, you can just pause, go out, buy the book, uh, get an audiobook version of it, get it from the library, borrow it from a friend, whatever you need to do to read that book, read it. And then you can come back. We'll be here for you. You can listen to our, uh, spoilers our spoiler review of the book and see if it jives with your own feels of the book. And I don't foresee too many instances of us picking a book where we do our non-spoiler part and be like, actually don't read this because (laughs) I, I don't know. We just have a knack for choosing books. And I honestly, like, I don't think we'd be afraid to, if we read a book, we just like, didn't jive with or didn't like to be like, let's not actually record an episode about this one, you know? Yeah. And we've also started off um, in the first two episodes we've done, I believe we offered our like, do we, would we recommend this? Would we recommend this with a caveat? Like, would we not recommend this? Um, Pretty, pretty early on. So I think that's within the no spoiler portion of the review. So if you're like on the fence about it and after hearing everything that we've said, you're still like, know it's okay if it's not for you it's okay if you want to spoil yourself you know just this once yeah and i was actually just thinking about that as we were talking like i listen to some video game review podcasts and sometimes like the game's bad and they still review it it's like i'm never gonna play this so i'm gonna listen and hear what they have to say about it i mean sometimes bad takes are fun takes (laughs) yeah and sometimes people might want to listen to a spoiler cast about a book even if they don't plan on reading it just to kind of see what all the fuss is about or see what's going on there yeah and i also i have friends who are the type of readers who will turn to the last page and read it after they've read the first page just to see what they're kind of getting themselves into and i think I, i it's not for me i personally am a fan of going in as blind as possible to whatever experience i'm doing but um, but I, I totally respect it. And I, I know that, that there are a lot of promises and expectations set up within like a first chapter of a book. And some folks just really need to have that catharsis of seeing that they are fulfilled by the end of it. 
Mm-hmm. I am a little bit guilty of something similar to that. Not the end of the book, but like on my current chapter I'm reading, sometimes I flip to see when the chapter is going to end. And then on that last page, I, I give into the temptation <laughs> and I maybe peruse a couple of the last sentences <gasps> without even thinking about it. But I don't do that very often. It's kind of like, do I have time to finish this chapter before mm-hmm. I have to do something? That's fair. But, yeah. Some chapters yeah. get very long. You're like, oh, I still have 11 yep. pages left. Like, what is this? Um, my my eyes will sometimes skip ahead for me. And I, I have to sometimes put my hand like, on the page to be like, no, no spoilers. Don't go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is a good time for us to transition into just talking about our relationship with reading and writing. Yeah, sounds great. So, Jess. Oh, well, let's quickly address the fact that that might happen sometimes. <laughs> this might happen. So, when we first yeah. met, we, we knew each other by different names. I, yes. I, was, I'm, I still am Jess Bellior on my stream. And I was Rototo, or for short, everybody called me Toto. So sometimes we slip into our habits of calling each other by <laughs> our online pseudonyms. So if you ever hear me call Amy Jasp or Amy call me Toto. Just know that's also who we are. Just know that it's because I never called Chris by Chris until we started this podcast. Exactly. So it's just like, it's it's what our brains are trained to do. Yeah. So yeah, do you want to start telling us a little bit about your relationship with writing and reading? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'll start with the end and then I'll work my way back to the beginning. But oh, I um, like that. Currently, I am a freelance editor and uh, the chief editor and a writer over at the indie graphic novel production studio, Panico Press. Uh, My first graphic novel came out uh, early in 2023. My next one should be out in 2024. I've got two more on the way. And um, yeah, I've been really enjoying writing some shorter length like shorter format stories, but I am hoping to get into prose novels soon again, because that was like my first love. That's exciting to me. Two things that you're working on a prose novel and two upcoming graphic novels. Yeah. Yeah. One of the graphic novels is completely done. It's well, the writing side is completely done. I'm waiting on art to be completed. And then the second one, I, um, I thought I was halfway finished with the script And then I had one of those like editor brain moments where I was like, oh, but this doesn't work at all. And it would be much better if this happened so I could set this up. And now I've completely reworked how the script has to go in my head. So I just need to get it out of my, out of my head through my fingers and onto the page. (laughs) That's neat. How about you, Chris? What is, what is your ending? What is your current? My current is I, like I said earlier, I teach math to high schoolers. Um, And I actually have my PhD in a field that is not super like creative writing or reading focused at all. I have my PhD in atmospheric science. Um, So people might not clock me as an avid reader or writer, but in undergrad, I actually, it's just like 50-50, almost nearly went to school for um, creative writing Mm -hmm. or English of some sort. Just imagine that is like in the movie, everything everywhere all at once. That was one of those choice moments where created an alternate universe of me becoming a, I don't know, an English teacher or a writer, but I ended up going to school for meteorology and I, I'm not upset about that choice I made because it's ended me up where I am now. And throughout that college, time I worked as a writing tutor at my university's writing center. So I got to keep utilizing that thing I loved so much. And I also went into undergrad with about a quarter's worth, not a quarter, there's no quarters in college. That's my (laughs) high school brain talking. A semester's worth of credit. So I was able to use that extra time I would have had to take like the introductory classes to take all these fun writing classes. Like I took a creative writing class. Nice. I took a couple literature classes on topics that were of interest to me. Nice. And I also, one of my favorite classes in 
undergrad was I actually took this writing workshop <gasps> and it was a workshop on young adult fiction. So Ooh. each of us wrote a or attempted to write and finish a young adult novel in that course with a bunch of like peer feedback and writing workshop sessions. And it was really fun. And the book I was writing, I actually didn't end up finishing. I think I got about halfway through. Okay. Um, because <laughs> I, I never am good at writing concise stories. Mm. I have a lot of ideas in my head and it's always hard for me to one write and not just micro edit as I go. Oh, totally. And, to tell a short story. I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, I have actually a very similar experience. So for college, I went, uh, I didn't, I didn't go for a master's or anything, but for my undergrad, I I majored in music, uh, in vocal performance. So music has always been as big of a part of a life, part of my life as writing has been. Um, But I did end up double majoring for a single year in both music and English, didn't end up doing anything with that. But every other year that I was in college, I did end up taking some kind of writing or literature class. Um, And uh, by the time I graduated, they actually just gave me a creative writing minor because I had taken enough credits to fulfill it, even though I hadn't ever declared a minor. But we had, uh, I remember taking a Jane Austen literature class. That was really great. Um, I took a few writing classes. One was, I think, about short stories where I discovered that um, I was the only writer in the class who actually was able to make a concise beginning, middle, and an end as a short story on our first attempt. Everybody else had just kind of written a middle or like a scene of something larger. So that cued me in that like maybe shorter writing formats is more for me. And um, (laughs) I say that now, but then I was looking recently at at one of my word counts for a story that I had been writing for a a post-college writing group. And it was intended to be like one of like maybe 16 short stories in an anthology that's like closely tied together in terms of like characters in the world and the theme. And um, it ended up being over 72,000 words. <laughs> oh, I remember you telling us about that on your stream the other day. Yeah, so uh, you're not the only one who uh, can't write concisely. <laughs> yeah, I was looking back through old writing projects from like when I had more time to write. And I have some things that are like 90,000 words or like 50,000 words, but just like... I, I don't really know if I need to write for, like, publishing or the accolades or anything. Yeah. I just kind of like writing to have fun, you know? it's At this point, it's a hobby that I mean we get to utilize a little bit more by recording this podcast. Yeah. I feel like we get to take all of our writing skills and apply that as avid readers mm-hmm. um, and just use that to help influence our reviews. So, why wanted to ask you a question i hope it's not putting you on the spot if you haven't been able to prepare but what is your earliest mem like childhood memory of reading Ooh, ooh, that's a good question my my earliest childhood memory reading okay i know that i know that i have been reading (laughs) i think One of my earliest memories, I can't remember which book it was, but my mom and dad would read to me a lot. And apparently there was one day when I, my parents thought that I was super, um, what's the word when you have a child who's just like really advanced for their age? Starts with a P. But anyways. um, (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) But my, I was reading a book. I was reading a book. I was like, maybe, I don't know just just able to talk or something and I was turning the pages and um it turns out I don't know if the book was upside down or what it was if I was <laughs> turning the pages a little too quickly but I had just memorized what was on every single page <laughs> amazing um but yeah I just remember a lot of a lot of being read to by my family um when I was a little bit older my mom and I would like read together we would trade on and off um the Junie B. Jones series, I think by Barbara Park. That's a really, really fun series. It's laugh out loud funny. I still think about some of the lines to this day and still get a chuckle. 
Nice. What about you? I, what What is your first earliest memory? I vividly, happily, nostalgically, lovingly remember scholastic book fairs. <gasps> oh, those are my like favorites. Early on elementary school begging my mom for $20 Ugh. of the week of the scholastic book fair to go and just like peruse these books and buy ones. Basically, I <laughs> I think I mentioned this a couple times in future episodes, but I judge books by their covers a lot. Oh, and totally. That, Why else that, would they have covers? <laughs> exactly. And that kind of started really early because I, I, I never read the back page. I was like, oh, this book looks cool. So I'd mm-hmm get that book and I'd read it but some of my like favoritest favoritest (laughs) some of my most favorite um books as a child were things like the Pendragon series which was like this sci-fi series nice about this teen that essentially found portals to other words worlds I also really enjoyed the Chronicles of Narnia nice I also really enjoyed Harry Potter as a kid totally when it was like first being published Mm -hmm. um and i remember one of my all-time favorite series as a child was actually like a mystery series Mm. called sammy keys and the blank 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 like there were a bunch of Mm -hmm. books in this series sammy keys one of the ones i remember the most the title of the sammy keys and the sisters of mercy Mm. and she was a teen who was essentially a detective and I don't know. It was just so cool to me that um, this character got to be maybe around my age or a little bit older and do all these cool things. Like, I just love how vivid some of the memories about the stuff that happened in these books is to me. Like, I remember there was this one scene in the Sammy Keys book I was reading Uh where... Um, I think maybe one of her family members, like her dad or something, she discovered her dad had drinking poison. <gasps> and then, I don't know why, but she knew that she could feed her dad coffee with a bunch of salt in it and it would get him to throw up. Oh my So gosh. I have that little nugget in my brain in case I ever need to use it. What? That's but wild. It, right? It's just like these little memories in your, in the back of your brain that maybe are jogged by some little thing, whether it's a smell or a sound or a song about these books you've read. It's like, it kind of speaks to how they shape you and how they stick with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If we're talking favorite book series from when we were growing up, I've got a fair few myself. Um, I used to just like daydream and mix them all together into like one big, like crossover fan fiction world, (laughs) if you will. Um, but I remember really enjoying the Darkest Rising sequence by Susan Cooper. I really like the Blue is for Nightmares, which was very much like a, the perfect mix of uh, magical realism and YA fiction and drama um, and dreams. I love everything about dreams. I read like all the books by Tamara Pierce. I actually learned how to ice skate because of one of the books by Tamara Pierce. Oh, nice. Speaking of things that like really stick with you, Mm -hmm. it never really clicked for me until I like read the book. So if they say you can't learn skills just by reading books, people are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I like the Jedi Apprentice series. Um, Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Just like so many beautiful books that I think have totally influenced just the way that I developed into an adult and like Mm -hmm. the books that I read now, which is still very like YA fiction focused and very like yep. speculative like fantasy or science fiction paranormal like the the what ifs the really inventive what if the world were like this or what if a person did this and i just this reminds this is one of the ties that binds our friendship together and is it our shared love of like juicy gossipy teen mm literature and television and movie right yes like riverdale and pretty little liars liars. (laughs) i mean not in a not in the same sense but heartstopper or yeah like i don't know i i still really find interest and connect to the stories being told by authors in that space too Absolutely. And like, I, I don't know how much of it has to do with the fact that you have decided to, to teach children, um, to teach teenagers, but um, I, I, there's just something that feels really magical about the high school 
period, like the high school setting. Um, and I think it's p- part of why I keep coming back to it again and again. Like I personally loved my high school experience. Um, I, w- I wouldn't choose myself to be a teacher, um, but I do really like the idea of like, as I write, like setting protagonists to be of the high school age, going through like the mundane daily grind of like, you know, homework, like the low stakes that sometimes feel like high stakes of like, oh my gosh, we've got this test coming up or, you know, who's going to sit next to me at lunch. And then you've also got like this grandiose, like wider stakes thing happening. Like, oh no, the world is going to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And there's just something so delicious about the juxtaposition between like the mundane and then the extraordinary. And I think there's something about like high school speculative fiction that just really nails it. And see, I think I might actually be kind of the opposite from what you said a little bit earlier on there in that I don't as fondly look back on my high school time as it sounds like you do. Mm -hmm. Um, But like not super badly, but still like being bullied and Mm. um, not being able to like be out as my true self in high school. Yeah. But I think that's part of the reason why I was so drawn to becoming a teacher to maybe try and help make the experiences of my students better I by love that. being a role model for students about now being themselves and being brave and being proud of themselves. Yeah. Offering them that safe space. Exactly. And it's also kind of why I enjoy reading books. I think like this because they were my escape when I was in uh, high school And even earlier than high school and after high school, I kind of was able to read these stories about um, people who had lives that I wanted to aspire to. And isn't it so great that now there are so many more books for and by queer readers? Exactly. And they can line the shelves of our school libraries Mm. and provide the experiences to read these types of books to those students. Yeah. I'm so grateful. I wish that there had been more of these when we were growing up. And I am definitely, I'm a, I might be a math teacher, but I still have a classroom library and I am trying to expand it with books like Heartstopper and maybe some of the stuff we're going to be reading. Yes. Let's hope that most of the things that we read can be uh, fantastic additions to your school library, yes, your classroom library. I really library. hope so. Um, but one other, I, I kind of, it's maybe a natural progression uh-huh. to this next thing I want to talk about, but so youngest me, scholastic book fairs, teenage and older me, I graduated to Barnes and Nobles and Borders. Mm. And I also have really fond memories of my mom bringing me down there with a budget. And it was always a big trip because the closest one was like 25 minutes away from us. So we had oh, to get yeah. in the car. We had to take a trip. Um, and I would just gravitate to both the graphic novel manga section and Ooh. the science fiction fantasy sections. Mm-hmm. And I'd always come away with like two manga, maybe one piece or Naruto or Bleach. Nice. And I would also go to the um, fantasy section and maybe leave with like a thicker book like The Wheel of Time or... Ooh. Lord of the Rings. Like I, and then one of my other favorite series was the sort of truth series. Okay. Um, by, I think, I don't remember the author's name. Terry. No. Good. Terry. Good kind. Good kind. Yes. Thank you. Have you read them? I read, uh, wizard's first rule. Yes. I read the whole entire series in like a year. It was amazing. Did you, wait, is this, is this what the, is that what The Legend of the Seeker is based on? Yes, it is, which is not a great show, but it was I a, loved it. <laughs> I So I really enjoyed it, but uh-huh. you had to, I was, there was a point where I just disconnected the two literate, the two mediums. Oh, they're so like, different. They're not the same thing at all. And they once like... I got there in that space, I was just like, okay, this is a good show. This is enjoyable because uh-huh. I loved the characters. Like, it's just really good. I that's, like, yeah, that's the, if there's characters in that book that are just like strong, awesome mm-hmm. women. And I don't know why as a child, but I maybe I now I kind of do now why I connected and related to them so yeah. much. Um, but yeah, that was a great series. 
I loved that show so much. Um, that was I, a guilty I, pleasure for me. I remember having it on DVD. I kind of oh wish I still did. I'll have to check out my mom's closet today. Maybe I'll find it and rewatch it. <laughs> that would be a fantastic marathon. <laughs> yeah, um, it would. I do have a, a rule when it comes to, to adaptations, especially going from book to, to TV show or movie, where yep. I need to give myself plenty of space. And I learned this the hard way from the Harry Potter movies, where yep. I was so disappointed. I think the fourth one when it came out, like it was my favorite book. And I just felt like they had missed so many of the moments of the book that I felt had made the book great. And um, I understand now, of course, you know, short format, shorter format for like a movie or even a TV show, you can't insert everything into it. And you've like, some things have to make the cut, but younger me didn't realize this in the same way. And it was also just like a really great role model movie, I suppose, for like setting that boundary of like, you know, in order to make sure I, I'm really enjoying it for its own sake, I have to give myself like plenty of months in between. So I'll, I'll still be doing that. Uh, it's a little bit different if I'm going from like a TV show to a book, um, like with Heartstopper, but even still, I will, I will still give it a little bit of time so that they can stand separately in my mind. And I also remember being supremely disappointed in some of those movies as well. Because mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts of the fifth Harry Potter book mm -hmm. was when J.K. Rowling actually kind of discussed a theme in Hermione's pursuit to bring equality to the house elves. Mm. And that thread was... I, I, it's been so long since I've read those books and I have no plan on kind of revisiting them anytime yeah. soon or the movies because they just like have soured entirely yeah. in our community based on the author's recent choices and stuff but like yeah. i can still look back on my memories of them as a child fondly and like how they shaped me and i just remember being disappointed in that movie too because of how quickly like i'd reread it right before i went and saw it me and my mm -hmm. friend would go wait in line at yeah. the movie theater after like the, we could walk to the movie theater from our school oh, so we so get cool. out of school and go wait in line we'd be first in line for seats we'd wait from like 2 30 to <gasps> 7 p.m oh and we'd get in and just like all that build up to be like this movie didn't include like anything I wanted in it. That stinks. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that idea of separating like time separation between reading and viewing. Yeah. It's a good I, rule of thumb. I feel like it's a must, at least for, for me, my enjoyment has uh, increased like tenfold for both the book and for its adaptation. What was the most recent adaptation you think you've watched? Oh, that's a really good question. Book, I can't think of it, but video game, The Last of Us. The was Last amazing. of Us. Yeah. I never played The Last of Us video game, though. See, as much as you are into story driven video games, mm -hmm. I don't know if it would outweigh the violence and the gore in the last of us but the story of the last of us and especially one of my favorite video games of all time the last of us 2 i am mm. so freaking excited for you to see season two of the last of us i'm excited and too. for us to discuss the story of it because it's just like such a well-written piece of i mean i'm gonna say literature because i mean video games still tell stories right they do absolutely and they're written and they're conveyed but the story of The Last of Us 2, this might be, this might make us some enemies because it's a pretty heated topic in the video game <laughs> sphere. But it's just like Naughty Dog delved into themes and topics and ideas that were hard mm. and did not shy away from them at all. And I appreciated them to heck for it. And I can't wait for us to watch that together eventually. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, but yeah, is there anything else you wanted to talk about or any questions you had for me? Well, why? Okay. Since you were the one who had the idea for this podcast to begin with, do you want to talk about what prompted that idea? Sure. Of course. I'd love to. So I think last summer was the craze of Heartstopper uh -huh. and I bought all the graphic novels. I read them. I also bought... Um, Carry On by Rainbow Rowell. I, oh, I love this... that book. Me too. Maybe we'll have to add it to our list. We might. 
Um, I also read this graphic novel called Bloom. I also read Gender Queer. And I just reading all these books and having all these thoughts and just like my heart being so full and happy and just like one of my, (laughs) I'm not going to say it in the risque way I say it when I'm not podcasting, but one of like the things that really makes me happy and really like makes my heart flutter is seeing queer people succeeding and doing awesome things, whether they're authors or the characters in the book, or I'm watching RuPaul, or I'm watching Queens of the Universe or just stuff like that. Like, being a queer person and seeing queer per- queer people in the mainstream and in the spotlight being successful and being amazing is just like something that is like dopamine, cures my depression, all that stuff. So I really wanted to have a creative outlet to talk about some of the ways that does that and also bring, maybe if people listen and this gets out there, bring some awareness to these books and hopefully let people know that there are these awesome books out there that they need to read. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you on that because I also want there to be recognition and acknowledgement for all of the fantastic transparency. I feel like now into queer stories and queer lives and um, not to say that there wasn't beforehand, but there was definitely a more hidden aspect um, to some of it, like, you know, there are a lot of queer authors who wrote children's books, but you might not even know that they were queer, like classic, classic children's books. Um, and I just, even, even the queer stories now, like so much of the queer stories, I feel like we grew up about, grew up like reading were mostly like, oh, and this person is queer and that's their whole identity and that's their whole conflict and that's their whole point of being in the story mm-hmm. or like it's token you know, they're in here for this diversity because we need to have a queer character because I guess queer people exist in the world or whatever. Or, but like, go ahead. And very focused sometimes like on the trauma, which yes. I mean, I understand the stories being told because those are important stories, but it's also nice to just have some stories where it's not the main focus. It's just kind of a fact or a trait and the story more focuses on these people being people and doing cool stuff yeah like the fact that they're queer yes it's a it's a big aspect of their life but it's not the whole purpose for being and so i really like that one of one of the like trends i've noticed at least in my books the books i've been choosing um i haven't been like purposefully reaching for for queer books but i think almost every single book that i've picked out from the library over the past probably half a year or more they've all been pretty queer they've mm-hmm. been pretty queer you know either the author has been queer um the protagonist has been queer and i didn't realize because it wasn't on the back summary like it wasn't mentioned at all um or you know i had picked it out and was like rooting for like you know this this ya high school book i was like oh i hope she gets together with the girl and like lo and behold <laughs> she does and it's just like oh my gosh this is this this is unheard of for for young Amy. Like I would never have even like mm-hmm. I might have I might have dreamt about it, um, might have daydreamed it myself. But like I I don't even think it would have really come up as much as an option just because I I never really saw it ever, and it still felt like a very risque thing, you know, to be out in in real life as well when I was that age, um, like a very like new and and like unknown and so kind of something to be made fun of and not something to be like celebrated and cherished or just accepted as a normal part of life like it is like it is now Mm -hmm. and i really can't even think of a single book i read as a child in which a queer character was featured prominently or at all so maybe i'm making up for lost time now too yeah because i didn't have those experiences reading as a child and a teen so yeah. I yeah. there's also a little bit more to why I wanted to start this podcast. Yeah. I mentioned earlier how I'm not streaming anymore, but yeah. me as a person and my brain needs a creative outlet to kind of feel fulfilled and satisfied with my life. Mm-hmm. And this is an excellent way to do that that I was saying earlier feels within the confines of my life. And it also means I get to talk to you more, which I'm never upset about. Me too. 
And it means, it's funny, my partner, I was really excited about the book I'm currently reading, which is going to be the feature of our episode three, which you'll hear eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was telling him how it got good quickly. And I was already on like page 70 after I'd just been reading for a day. And he made the comment something along the lines of, all you needed was a podcast to have motivation to keep reading. (laughs) And I was like, honestly, no, but yes, actually, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I... I like it. I feel motivated to continue reading. And I know I'm going to feel that motivation once my school year starts too, which will be good because the nice thing is a little bit more life about me. I, my first three years of teaching high school, I took on way more than I could like do as a single Mm -hmm. person because that's Mm -hmm. my toxic trait. But this year I am going minimal, minimal in my, extracurriculars i think i'm Yay. only doing one day a week of D after school with students and then nice. one day a week of magic the gathering after school nice. both okay. of which are kind of bubbled in the sense that D i don't do any i just supervise them playing mm-hmm. and then magic is also bubbled and then i just play a game and then leave so i don't have any outside extra planning that sounds fantastic and i also am gotten my certification my high school teaching cert so i don't have to take any more grad classes i just have all this free time now thank you that i want to be filled with something that is fulfilling so that's why i'm excited about this podcast i also really enjoy editing the episodes i've discovered so yay yay for editing (laughs) uh i mean i'm gonna ask you even though i might kind of know the answer already what about Mm -hmm. you when i asked you the question do you want to do a podcast with me what made you say yes well, uh, first it was because you were the one who was asking. I think if, ah! if I had other friends who were like, hey, we should do a podcast, I might have been a little less like certain that this was something that I wanted to do. Um, but also just because it's a podcast about books and I love books. Um, I feel like books just have always been a huge part of my life and always will continue to be a huge part of my life. And there's a really nice way about being able to celebrate that with a monthly podcast where we do book reviews. Um, sometimes I struggle with reading motivation as well. And so I'm hoping that this is going to be on the side of keeping me in the interest of reading and not turning me off of it. We'll see. The nice thing about this podcast, though, is there's such a nowadays wide swath of options. It's and true. even in the dregs of winter when I am neck deep in grading and whatnot... We could just read like a 200-page graphic novel and record an hour-long episode and still have that fulfillment and have that satisfaction and produce great content and not be super time-constrained, right? Like, that's the reason I'm excited about this, too, is because we really get to pick and choose and kind of go with the flow of how our lives are going at the time. And having episodes released once a month on the last Friday of every month Mm -hmm. means we're hopefully never really going to feel rushed, that's my hope too. And I think, uh, cause I know you and I are both quick readers, you know, relatively quick. And the fact that so many of the books, like I, I trust the recommendations that you give me and the ones that I've been giving you are books that I had already read as part of, like, it doesn't feel like a school assignment in the way that like, uh, oh, this is a chore. We got to read Beowulf again or, oh, God. you know, <laughs> whatever. But like, this is like, oh, you know, I had picked this up at the library and I really liked it. And I think Chris is going to like it too. Um, or you're like, you just have to read Heartstopper. And it's like, I can't say no to that. Cause you know, I would, I would do it anyways. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start wrapping up here soon, but I think the last thing I wanted to address was exactly what our podcast in the future is going to be, because this is our episode zero. We're not actually reviewing or talking about a book in this episode. This is our episode for you to get to know us as your hosts of this podcast into the future, Mm -hmm. but our actual factual review episodes We're going to essentially just get to talk to each other about the awesome books we've been reading. We're going to delve into the themes we notice that are common or uncommon amongst the books we're reading. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the highlights in the books we've read are queer characters, queer stories, um, generally uh, the LGBT plus community, Mm -hmm. and also, I don't want to say too much about it, but... I'm really curious to see how the book I'm reading currently evolves, but I'm already really intrigued 
by its use of some queer themes, which is exciting. I that's part of why I had recommended it. So yeah, I think gonna it's gonna to... it's gonna provoke a really interesting conversation that I'm excited for. Me too. Um, and we also want to bring awareness to queer authors in their books and promote the wonderfulness that is queer literature. Mm-hmm. I just know that it's so varied and s- the stories that are told are so unique, but they also resonate with both queer people and potentially people who are not queer because that's kind of like the story of Heartstopper mm-hmm. in that you have this queer story where these two boys fall in love and it's their life, but also they're two teenagers. Yeah. So we've been a... Um, straight teenager might read that story and be able to relate with the um, things that those characters are going through. So, yeah. And I think ultimately we also want to be able to talk about stuff you all want to hear. Mm-hmm. So it probably won't be able to happen in our first couple of episodes just based on the timing and how this is going to be working. But as we get into future episodes, there will be ways for you to get into contact with us to ask us questions or Give us um, ideas of themes we could talk about that you connect with in the books we're about to be reading mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it will turn into the biggest gay book club there is because we'll have all these people reading these books with us as we go. And then as we discuss them, maybe we'll be able to discuss some of the things they want us to discuss too. Absolutely. Recommend titles. Exactly. Recommend titles. Recommend authors. I foresee a world in which we also do like special one-off episodes where we review maybe not a queer book, but like a queer video game or a queer, like just, you know, like fun things that we do maybe as a special treat to our supporters or stuff like that. I love that idea. Uh, So... For our first official episode, if you want to read it and get prepared, what are we going to be reading, Jess? Oh my goodness, I did it again. It's what okay. are we going to be reading, Amy? <laughs> We're going to be reading The House in the Cerulean Sea. And by I t- forgot the... <laughs> oh, by TJ Klune. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so I glad this is our... I in my head. <laughs> <laughs> this is... I'm very glad this is the first book we're doing an episode on because, I mean... I'll tell you, it's a long episode. It's about an hour and 40 minutes. So please, please see it through because we talk about some awesome stuff. We both love that book so dang much. So and much. I, I will tell you, we are going to try to keep our episodes about an hour and a half-ish. We're releasing once a month, so we feel like that's fairly reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I hope you'll give our first episode a listen. And I think it should be coming out about two weeks after this episode comes out. Yes. Because our actual review episodes, our plan is to release them the last Tuesday of every month. So it's easy for people to remember. It gives us a month between the episodes to do that reading and recording and editing and then mm-hmm. give you the best product we can. Absolutely. So I think I think we can wrap up here, Amy. Great. How do you feel about that episode? I feel really good, Chris. I know. Nice. I, I'm glad we did this. And I want to give a little bit more context before we go because... Mm-hmm. We initially had this episode zero introduction idea at the beginning of our first review episode, uh-huh. but then that episode was almost two and a half hours long, yeah. and holy crap, that would be a long episode. <laughs> so we decided to cut it out and re-record it with the intention of, oh, this is episode zero. So it's I like it a lot more because we kind of knew what we were doing, and it's not as weird and nebulous as it was before. Yes, for sure. Very much more directionful. And guided. And I'm actually excited for people to get to listen to this episode and give them a sneak peek into who we are before they hear our first episode on the House in the Cerulean Sea. Love it. So before we go, would you like to plug some stuff about yourself, Amy? Sure. Um, like we have mentioned, I still stream on Twitch. You can find me at twitch.tv slash jaspelior, which is spelled J A S. P-E-L-L-I-O-R. You can watch me play some video games. You can hear me do some music if you're curious about my singing. Um, You can watch me finish up, uh, you know, that Lego build. And uh, Chris is there too. Chris is there too sometimes. Jess, my goodness gracious. (laughs) I think the problem is I just watched your stream last night, so my brain is just like, Jess, Bell, E, or. You're in Jess brain land. Yeah, I get it. Amy 
honestly, I think we should stop apologizing and just like, you're Amy Jasp, I'm Chris Toto. It's going to happen. Yes, it's, We're going to roll it's with gonna it. It's going to happen. She streams twice a week, and I make a pretty darn good effort to end up there for a little bit of my night each night because of it's honestly a shot of serotonin straight to the brain just to get able just to be able to hang out with amy and her awesome community so if you want to chat with me that's often where you find me you can also email us at uh the big gate book club at gmail.com that's all that's the name of our podcast no spaces we were able to get that as our email address so if you have questions for us about the books we're going to be reading you're welcome to send them there if you have book recommendations you want to send us or you just want to say hi that that's all welcome and we also have an instagram account and i'm gonna talk slowly so i can open instagram (laughs) and remind myself of the whatever you call it, the handle. handle? And our Instagram handle is one second as it loads. Uh-huh. Just keep filling that space that time. TBG Book Club. So Perfect. TBG Book Club, as in the Big Gay Book Club, but the Big Gay is TBG. Okay. So mm-hmm. thanks, everybody, for listening. I want to give you a special thank you to Kevin McLeod for the use of our theme song work and that's spelt w-e-r-q which you heard throughout this episode and you can find more of his music on incompetech thank you very much chris thank you amy it's been amazing and we will see you all next time have a great one guys bye bye